Bleacher Report has released their big board of free agent targets for the Chicago Bulls, and I'm going to break that list completely apart. We're also going to look at Sam Smith's recent mailbag and his comments about how Zach Levine is tired of being in trade rumors, and we're also going to talk about the Bulls' rebuild or retooling around Zach Levine, Derrick Rose's return rumors, and the NBA trying to install some type of penalty for flopping. We're going to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. Right off the top, if you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we are on. But let's go ahead and get into the topics for today. So Bleacher Report had a list of free agent targets for the Chicago Bulls. And uh, while I understand the list, let me be clear here, um, you know, I'm, I, I, we're going to talk about it. Let's, we're going to talk about it. So first up, they had Jakob Poto on that list. And I think the fit there is clear, right? When you look at if Nikola Vucevic does walk away in free agency, you can do a lot worse than Jakob Poto. I would honestly say that Jakob Poto was probably at that point the number one center on the free agent market, if I'm not mistaken. and so. Having him on this list is being a replacement for Vooch. You look at somebody who come in, can, can give you enough offense, still give you enough passing, but is a better rim protector, but is a better defender, but is not as good of a rebounder, but is just, just a, a solid rebounder as well, can still absolutely give you double-digit rebounds easily and get you rebounds on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Jakopoto, if the Bulls do move on from Nikola Vucevic to me, I've been saying this all, since the middle of, of the season, when we knew that Vooch, there was a potential of Vooch walking away. Jakopoto would literally be the exact person that I would go after to replace Nikola Vucevic if we do either let him walk or he goes somewhere else because it's not completely in our control to try to re-sign him. I think Jakopoto would be a great fit for the Chicago Bulls. Now, where some of the issues come in at is that we've already heard, yes, while the Raptors are going through some change, they're expected to make some changes, some wholesale changes to that roster, maybe break up some of the players with similar uh, play profiles and things like that. They seem like they're ready to match any offer for Jacopoto, right? To any of it. And they are ready to open the bank for Jacopoto. When you look at how much better that team was after the acquisition of Jacopoto on the specifically the defensive side of the ball, but a more efficient offensive team, not to say that that's all on Jacob, it's not. But when you look at them getting a new coach, things like that, having a big man that can pass, score, and rebound. Uh, you, you you want to try to keep that on your team because it makes it easier for that coach to come up with that game plan. Now, some of the things that kind of concern me is you hear that, like, Steve Nash is on their list of coaches and things like that. It's like, all right, what are you doing? Are you even trying to win? Are we are we trying to tank here, right? Uh, I'm not a Raptors fan, so I don't care what they do. But ultimately, it really does come down to what Jakob wants. He's an unrestricted free agent as well, right? So it's not like the the Toronto Raptors have, like, a matching power where they can veto him going somewhere else. It really comes down to it. And do the Bulls do enough in free agency? And can they sell Jacopoto enough on, on the team? to try to come back here for a team that, yeah, we beat in the playing tournament. So shout out to that there, right? Um, but does he see a brighter future with the Toronto Raptors or does he buy into whatever AK Eversley are trying to build down here to where you can re-sign him? And with some of the other rumors surrounding the Bulls over trades for draft picks and things like that, are they even going to be in a market to where they're trying to stay relative, re- relative enough to sign a player like Acapoto? So that's kind of the questions around that. Um, I would love Jacopoto on this team. He's one of my, you know, favorite centers and, and free agent centers in this uh, upcoming free agency. And I think you can do a lot worse than Jacopoto. Now, 
Still the first bet, I would love to keep Nikola Vucevic, but at the end of the day, if Vooch does leave and you're able to replace him with, with Poto, I think you've done a pretty damn good job at retooling on the fly at that point in time. The next one up they had on this list is Kobe White, and this one makes the most sense. When you look at what Kobe did in his growth, right? Yes, it didn't always, it didn't translate in the way that you would want to see it on the stat sheet, but that is why watching basketball is actually important as well, other than just watching the box score. Kobe White was a much improved player all last season. When you look at his decision making, his defense, him operating in space, right? Picking in the shots, getting, getting to the lane a little bit better. Now, the shot didn't always fall at the beginning of the season, but then it's often started around out as that confidence was building towards the back end of that season as well. So Kobe White being on this list is absolutely, I would probably, uh, because he is our own internal free agent and a restricted one at that, uh, you kind of have to make that decision pretty early on in free agency because now I think they've changed the rules to where you only have 24 hours to match if your restricted free agent gets signed to an offer sheet. So the Bulls would have, this could end up being one of the Bulls' first decisions in free agency, just depending on how quick Kobe White goes out, interviews, and maybe gets an offer sheet from another team that he decides to sign. But I think both sides are going to be motivated to keep him here. Um, I think Kobe White, when you look at at also how many players the Bulls have lost, not not be, be it ones that Arturis Karnasova is drafted, but still players that have gone from the Chicago Bulls and developed elsewhere, I really do think that this front office is really wanting to stop that trend for the Bulls. And I think with Kobe showing enough improvement um, that – they may make that decision inside to keep Kobe White around, and I think he's earned that decision wholeheartedly. So, you know, we'll end up seeing, but I, I, I think that Kobe's here, and hopefully that isn't an overconfident statement, and then we're in through free agency, and it's like, oh, Kobe White left. Kobe White got offered $18 million by a team. Oh, wow. You know, so something like that. But, you know, I think Kobe's growth that he's shown and um, the development he's had and how he worked uh, his first true offseason, right? Had his first true offseason four years into the NBA and the fact that, he, uh, he showed that level of growth, still a relatively young player, can still grow his game and round out that game even more. And I think that that offensive potential and upside in Kobe White also is a big reason why you think that, at the minimum, he can be your first guard off the bench and a damn good one at that, right? And I think sometimes people vilify being a, being a bench player, but, like, Kobe, he can do everything off the bench. You look at he can facilitate, he can have things go through him, he can be the main factor on offense, things like that. When you have a linchpin like that off your bench, that's if they don't even decide to or, or make the decision to move him into the starting lineup, you can do a lot worse than that. So Kobe White makes a lot of sense. Then the next one up, and this is surprising because we actually talked about him over on Locked on Bulls, is Gabe Vincent. Now, initially, when I've heard Gabe Vincent and the interest of the Bulls potentially going after Gabe Vincent, I thought, why, right? He's a player that hasn't really averaged a lot. Yeah, he showed a lot in the playoffs so far. And, you know, we see it all the time. A player will get have a hot playoff run or series and get paid, and then they come back down to earth, and they're never really worth that deal. So it really depends on what the money is when it comes to a player like Gabe Vincent. But you you, you look at what he comes in and brings. He can facilitate. He can shoot the open shot, right? Um, he, he's probably, I don't know, his, his career numbers are very similar to Pat Bev when you look at him, right? The percentages are about the same. The average of points per game are about the same. He's a young player, too, so he kind of fits that timeline for the Chicago Bulls. But the way that I look at it is this, right? Is that if you're, if you're signing Gabe Vincent, right, that all, all but assures that Ayo DeSumo's out the way. And you have to look at it. Do you still, Ayo, yes, he had a bad season. I'm not saying that he didn't. And has that bad season changed how much you view Io DeSumo's upside that much to where you want to go out and get a player from another team? That's the biggest question there. Like I said, I can see the fit of Gabe Vincent on the Chicago Bulls team. I can see how he can come in 
either you're starting Kobe at the point or you maybe try to start Gabe Vincent at the point. And his ability to facilitate, not really turn the ball over, um, hit an open three in time to time, which he's going to get a lot if this team stays the same. You still don't know what this team's going to look like. That you can convince yourself, I don't hate the addition of Gabe Vincent to this team. Um, it just it really comes down to the money because I think it's about value, not one for one production. Do I think that Iowa's going to be able to come in in year three and give what Gabe Vincent's going to be able to give next season? No, I don't necessarily think that. But if you end up getting better value because you need to add so much, you need to add some size and some more true three-point threat shooting for on this team, that if you end up re-signing Ayo DeSumo for a lesser contract than Gabe Vincent, and then that, that money that you save can go to get a shooter, can go and get an additional big, can go and get those type of things, I think that that's a better value overall, even though I would say at this point, Gabe Vincent is absolutely the better player, if that makes sense, right? So... It really comes down to money. Money's really the biggest thing, and with the Bulls being a team that avoids the luxury tax, but um, but does spend over the cap, you gotta kind of you gotta you gotta you gotta spend that money wisely. And so it's gonna be interesting to see how the Bulls kind of shake out that money. But that's an um, Bleacher Reports for agent list. But all right, let's get into the next topic. The next one up is Casey Johnson's recent mailbag, and I think at the opening of the show I said Sam Smith. My bad. It's actually Casey Johnson's uh, mailbag. And, he, and, you know, it, it kind of points into the direction of some of the things that may happen with this Bulls team, right? And there's, it wasn't as long as some of his mailbags, but there are two key points that I pulled out of it that I want to talk about. Um, he said that even after Lonzo Ball surgery, there is still a very low expectation that Lonzo Ball is going to be able to return next season. And then, you know, he does talk about how, you know, it's people really just don't come back from, from cartilage replacement surgery. And while that is something that I have been talking about here, we've been talking about Bulls fans know um, the the the, the Prospect of Lonzo Ball returning at all are very slim, much less next season. But I'm glad to hear that the front office realized that now, right? Because after the season in Presser, you got the feel, or I got the feel that Arturis Karnasova really did think that Lonzo Ball was going to be able to return at some point last season. And it just did not happen. And so, um, you know, because of that, um, I'm glad that they have now come to the realization and they are at a place where they understand and they doubt that Lonzo Ball is coming back next season. That means that hopefully they're going to go into this offseason planning around that and trying to bring the point guard that this team needs, trying to bring the point guard that makes Zach Levine a much better player, right? And so those are the type of things that you really want to look at uh, with that. And so that's why I, I pulled out that point. And that point actually made me smile a little bit. I'm not going to lie because I'm just glad that the front office is coming to this realization. Does it suck? I know Lonzo Ball fans are going to be triggered by it. Shout out to God, God, Rap Godfather Reloaded. But the possibility of Lonzo Ball returning to this team are slim but none. And none. Slim to none. I think that's the, that's the, way, the phrase that I'm looking for. And so because of that, you, you, you have to plan that Lonzo is not going to be here. And so if you see Kobe as a starting point guard, okay, cool. But you still need to add an additional thing to the bench, right? Do you think or, or do you add enough size to where at that point you're looking at your point guards being Kobe, uh, Caruso, that can that can run the point some as well, and then maybe an additional signing or Io, and then you rather spend that money on getting a shooter or some bigs, whatever it is. But I'm glad that they now are moving forward with that plan and that mindset that Lonzo is more than likely not going to be here. And so because of it, you got to do your th you got to do your due diligence, right? You have to go out and try to find a player that is going to help this Bulls team. Are you going to find a one for one replacement for Lonzo Ball? It's highly unlikely, right? It's highly unlikely. But if, you, but if you plan to bring in somebody that can replicate some of those things or bring some of the skills that's needed at that point guard position for the Bulls, 
it's good that you're coming to this realization before free agency even opens, and you can't let some of those free agent, uh, those point guard targets get away from you. Now, next up on this is Zach Levine being tired of the trade rumors around him. And I know that in the recent weeks, or kind of week, it's stirred up a lot of conversation with Bulls fans saying, well, why retool around Zach Levine? Zach Levine's not a number. We don't have a number one on this. For everyone who, anytime Zach Levine comes up and says, well, Zach Levine isn't it, we don't have a goddamn number one. So as it's been pointed out, Zach Levine is your most dynamic offensive player by a long shot. And the last, and Zach Levine, honestly, is one of, when you go and look at the breakdown, he is one of the least amount of assisted on players in the NBA. What does that mean? That means that he creates his own goddamn shot, right? And when you're retooling a team around what you have, we can theoretically say, oh, well, you can't build it. You have, you have to retool the roster in some way. And so it makes more sense to do it around Zach Levine, which has been very much talked about here. But with that being said, when you hear that Zach Levine is tired of the trade rumors around him, and then Casey Johnson also goes in to break apart the whole to Nick's trade, there's not as much there as well, you know, that trade that was talked about. But when you look at Zach Levine, right, and you look at his scoring ability, there are only, there were only three wings in the NBA that, score, that, that were in the same percentile as Zach Levine and as, as efficient. It was Luka, LeBron, and Jimmy Butler on players that were, did not, that did, were not assisted on their shots meaning creating their own shot. So I understand that Zach Levine, in a world of beginning on a championship team, no, he is not a number one option. But we don't have a number one option, and we damn sure ain't a championship team. You have to build that. And to build that, that does not mean you stay stagnant and just stay in limbo like, oh, well, we can't. We don't know what to shape this roster because we don't have a true number one. No, you have to forge forth in some shape, form, or fashion. Now, we know that the conversation has been there of the Bulls potentially trading into the top three of the draft, which is really just meaning Portland's pick. And for the Bulls to do that, it's going to take either Zach or DeMar DeRozan. That just is what it is. And so, you know, could Zach still be moved this offseason? Absolutely. It just depends on what AK and Eversley see and, and, and think if they can realistically get it. Now, I've already talked about, I think getting that number three overall pick is highly unlikely. It's highly unlikely. I think maybe number 10, more than likely number 23, if the Bulls do want to trade into this draft. But to hear that Zach Levine is tired of the trade rumors to hear that. But, you know, even, even Casey Johnson says in this that the Bulls have publicly backed Zach Levine every step of the way. And he does not expect that to, to, stop, to, to stop now. And so we'll see what ends up shaping forth with this team. But, you know, it is what it is there. Now, next up before we go, Derrick Rose return rumors. Here's what I'm going to say on this. And this may be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to say it. It's my opinion. And we'll take that for what it is. Um, the Bulls fans that say that they're tired of the Ryansdorfs just trying to make money that they're tired of this team not being treated as a big market team, but will clamor for Derrick Rose to return. And, and even say, like, to say, like, I don't give a damn if Derrick Rose is going to return some excitement to this team. We care about wins. And adding just Derrick Rose to this team in the state that he is currently in in basketball doesn't add very many wins to the Chicago Bulls team. Now, bringing in a veteran presence, I'm not against. I'm not against. But that does not re-signing or bringing Derrick Rose to the team needs to be at the bottom list of things that need to improve on this team. And so, to me, you can't be a fan, a fan that complains about the, the Reinsdorf caring, caring more about the bottom dollar and then you're clamoring for a vanity signing of Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose can still play basketball. Let me be clear here. But he's not at the level that it's going to... And for the people like, oh, well, Derrick Rose can be your starting point guard. We're good. We're rock and rolling. We need a facilitator and three-point shooting at a starting point guard. Now, come the fuck on. 
Let's let's be real here, right? And again, I hate to say that because I love Derrick Rose and I want to see Derrick Rose back on the Chicago Bulls, but we have to temper the expectations of what that's going to be. We have to take care of the things that are going to actually improve this team first before we worry about vanity sign. I want Derrick Rose to finish his career in Chicago. And it, it, because it does look like he's going to, that, that deal is not going to be opted into in New York, that's fine. If Derrick Rose is willing to take the minimum to come here, cool. But that does not, that does not improve the Chicago Bulls by any extreme or, or, or really even marg- margin at all, right? We need so much things to this team that Derrick Rose doesn't bring and can't bring at this stage of his career, and that's fine, right? That is not an indictment on Derrick Rose as a person or as a player. It would mean so much to the city to bring Derrick Rose back, right? But, again, I need you guys to ask yourself, in doing that, are we not just playing into exactly what Jerry Reinsdorf wants? And that is distracting people from a losing effort and not putting enough in to building an actual team that can compete and just giving us breadcrumb ask yourself that all right before we go the nba competition committee is deciding in-game penalty for flops now at one point in time i think we have to do something there was an initial attempt from the wnba i'm w from the nba to find players for flopping i think that was upheld for maybe about a season and a half before it went away as long as lebron james is one of the biggest floppers in the nba the nba is not going to penalize flopping not not in any any major margin that just is what it is as long as LeBron James is in the NBA and he's their golden child, and as long as he flops as much as he does, do not expect major penalties for anything in regards to flopping in the NBA. I can tell you that right now, right? They can discuss it all day. It makes it seem like they're trying to do something about it, and that's cool, and I wish that they would do something about flopping in the NBA. But as long as LeBron James is your biggest flopper, is the poster boy for the NBA and the poster boy for flopping and, and, and doing that dumb shit, don't expect major, major penalties, fines, uh, uh, you know, anything, foul call. And don't expect major things to come over from the NBA. It's a problem that right now they don't want to solve because LeBron James is doing. That's my thoughts on that. But that's it. That's today's daily episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Bull, uh, Bull, uh, Bull Central Pod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.